0: You're not here. We're not there. The car exploded. Come get the girls. I have to stay here with Woodrow.
1: I'm not the chauffeur. I'm the grandfather.
0: Where are you? Asteroid City, Farm Route 6, mile 75. Hello and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 82, recorded June 24th, 2023. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And we're taking a brief detour from our summer series of The Atomic Summer
1: for the new Wes Anderson movie Asteroid City. Yes, this is only a slight veer off because there's a fair amount of atomic elements in this movie.
0: Yeah, we're we're still kind of kind of in the neighborhood. It's like we're yeah. we're just just a little side trip off of that road
1: just outside Fallout. Yeah. 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 And and yeah, so like so this is this is a big cast of, like, of people uh,
0: like like most of Wes Anderson's films. Yeah. This is a uh, with uh, a lot of his his usual cast of, of players, um, mm-hmm. joined this time by by Tom Hanks.
1: Yep. Yep. We get Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Adrian Brody's back. So is Edward mm-hmm. Norton. Brian Cranston, uh, I don't know if he'd been in one before. Uh, yes. Yes. Was in yep. Isle of Dogs. He is in Isle of Dogs. Okay. Like that, that's the one I haven't seen of all the movies. <laughs> uh, Hope Davis, I think, was in a previous one, but I might be imagining that. Stephen Park. Maya Hawk, who I I really like her, so I was yeah, excited yeah. to see her. Steve Carell in the Bill Murray role. I found out. I for a while I thought it was Tom Hanks' role, but it's actually Steve Carell's role. Matt Dillon, who I did not realize was in this movie at all, even though he is in the trailers. Uh, Hong Chow, who is not in the trailers. Margot Robbie, who I did not know was going to be in this, even though her name is on the poster, and of course Jeff Goldblum. So oh, and we, yeah. also get, uh, we also get we also get a Tony. Reve- uh, Revelari, revelori yes. from uh from zero from Grand Budapest and also mm-hmm. from the spider man movie so Alexandre displa does the scoring again so there's a lot of a lot of the usual cadre of folks in the Anderson camp but uh the added uh, you know with the with Tom Hanks joining the crew it's actually pretty enjoyable yeah
0: yeah yeah no he uh he he fit right in seems seems like the the cast all had a really good working chemistry with each other yeah they all had to yeah. live with each other
1: because of covid so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: so no like like uh, a lot of his his previous films this one is sort of quirky the the characters are also kind of quirky there's there's some meta perspective stuff going on
1: yeah where... which I did not realize was going to be the, the, which is not in the trailers at all so if you want more surprises maybe see the movie before you listen to this review. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we won't yeah. go into spoilers, but it may come up. so yeah
0: not, not, not a lot of real spoilers, but some some little things like that as far as its structure. Yeah. Um, it is less convoluted than the uh, the three perspective deal that he did in Grand Budapest Hotel mm-hmm. with the the shifting uh, aspect ratios. but there's there's a, a bit here where the aspect ratios sometimes do shift as well as between black and white and
1: color yep. based on what's going on and which frame we're in. Yeah, it's uh it's got that usual Wes Anderson meta stuff. Well, not usual. I mean, I don't know, it's become kind of usual cuz it's sort of part of of Grand Budapest, but it's definitely a big part of French Di- French Dispatch and yeah. uh, this one's definitely doing that there. I will say I'll go as far as to say that there are technically two narratives in this in this film, but they are very entwined with each other but just not in the way you might expect from the trailers yeah yeah i I think that's fair and yeah so this is on the face of it (laughs) and what you're getting promoted is about a group of people who are going to a award ceremony and a ellipsis viewing at a in, in asteroid city which is on the border of california nevada and arizona which is what that I mean that it's the Hollywood way of that, but that is mm-hmm, more or mm-hmm. less what that client what that area looks like. Um more cacti than there there really is. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, but uh that is that's what that's what's going on. And while they are there, something happens. There's uh I feel like we can we can talk about the alien. Yes, an alien shows up because that that's in the trailer. So we can we can talk about that, I think, but not not go deep into it yeah um,
0: yeah there are there are shades of some of the you know 50s b sci-fi alien encounter mm-hmm. movies here That's that's not the whole of it that's that's a relatively minor part of no, of what yeah, happens in, yeah, in yeah, the totally. movie it's like yeah, yeah it, 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 it changes things for the characters in the
1: context of the story but mm-hmm. it's not really all about that nope i uh, yeah and there, there's a lot going on here which is i would have if there's one thing that as much as I enjoy Wes Anderson movies and I enjoy the aesthetic of it is sometimes I think his movies are kind of lacking a depth and I'm not calling his movie shallow. I'm just saying that sometimes I think it's just not there for uh, a while ago. I wrote this article that's on the site about the difference between a movie and a film and, and, That's uh, which which is just stupid nomenclature talk. It's just a thing people say. The uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, th- I think we talked about this with Chase and Lily on yeah, Maybe Blade yeah, Runner. We, yeah, yeah. We we
0: we did, and you know, a lot of times the the two are interchangeable. But sometimes it's like, okay, this is a movie. Yeah, and, and but that is a film. Yeah. There's there's a lot of
1: overlap in between. There's a lot of overlap. Well, one of the things that they used to say, if Tom Waits is in it, it's a film. If Tom Hanks is in it, it's a movie. It's a movie. And Tom Hanks is in it. This- so it's like I am like uh, it is a movie but it definitely has the denseness that things would associate with the word film this is all stupid and pretentious (laughs) but uh uh, but uh it's all cinema people it doesn't matter but the if to use that nomenclature I have always kind of felt that uh, Wes Anderson is very much a confectioner in that Spielbergian sense that Alex Cox was you know kind of being you know kind of being a brat about but you know, being a cheeky brat, I mean, I'm not saying he's being a jerk, just, you know, that's how yeah, he's describing yeah. it. In that article I wrote about the difference between the movie and the film, like, I kind of felt like Spielberg makes films for movie heads, but Anderson makes movies for film yeah, heads. yeah. And like, that's that's kind of how it like they're they're both confectioners. They're both trying to create this sort of like nice treat in something. Not all Steven Spielberg movies, of course, and not all Wes Anderson movies, but they're kind of trying to make this like nice treat for the audience. And yeah. And so like, I think this is a pretty good example of that. But that doesn't mean it's not, you know, a well made croissant here. I mean, it's still (laughs) it's still a good it's still a yeah, good movie. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. There, there's not a whole lot of super deep philosophy. There's there's some. Um, and it's yeah, it plays into sort of that, that meta-narrative of it where it's like,
1: guys, this is a movie. You're watching a movie, just 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 go with it. You're watching a summer movie with a UFO in it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, as much as I love Nope, and I really like Nope, and there's a lot of deep stuff in that you can look at. But you also can just look at it as a as a summer movie with a UFO and be down with that. And that just and yeah. that just be enough. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with this. I also, with our whole atomic age stuff that we've been doing, I couldn't help but imagine this as being like Wes Anderson's answer to a studio exec in 1955 being like, Anderson, we got this, we got these sets for another week and we need another movie. So go out there and make another movie. And like this is what it would look like. It's got to be an atomic age. It's got to have a UFO in it, and we got to use the desert. So make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like that's like I couldn't help but think of that. And then this is what they would get. Something very, very like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's
0: it's it's clear that a little more went into this, and and they took mm-hmm. a little bit more time. But mm-hmm. no, it, he 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 very much calls it out. Anderson himself is is basically telling the audience this is this is artifice. This is. This is a movie, just enjoy it. Don't try to think too hard
1: about it. Just just watch the movie. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting flip side to like uh, Christopher Nolan, who mm-hmm. is very much into that immersion thing. Like he wants you to go see his movies on the biggest screen possible so that you're like he'll he'll like he'll put things out in 70 millimeter and like he wants you to like really get into it and you like because he wants you to be super immersed in it. And although mm-hmm. I don't think these two are polar opposites. But it is an interesting, an interesting, because I feel like that's a, what a lot of directors want. They want you to be as immersed in it as possible. They want you to forget about real life and all that. And the thing is, like, even with this artifice going on and me knowing it's a movie, I'm still forgetting about real life. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, so, this, this
0: is not escapist fair in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's bizarre and, and quirky and surreal. But at, at no point should you ever think that you're not watching a movie, that you are just
1: sunk into it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the other narrative of, of this is also kind of doing a meta commentary on how stories are told and how, and how we, we create things and we, how we get themes out of it. So yeah, there's clearly, you can do that and still be like, yeah, this is awesome. A movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, what do you think works in this? So basically everything there's there's Mm -hmm. very
0: little in the movie that doesn't work for me at all Mm -hmm. um the the way that the meta narrative like like we said with the the framing and the shifting perspectives is almost too much at times um and you know they they spend a little bit right at the beginning of the movie kind of setting that up and laying the the groundwork for it and okay there there was a a feeling Kind of in the in the pit of my stomach, right at the beginnings, like is is this going to be a little too much, a little too ponderous? Mm-hmm. Um, after about in ten minutes, the answer was no, no, I'm 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 good. We're we're not getting too heavy in into that, and and doing too much where we're confusing the audience. There's some some little one-off bits where there are some gags where the two sort of bleed in
1: between each other, and yep. and, and I and, I, and I think that's its saving grace. I I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the fact that. Brian Cranston is you know in a sense being Rod Serling but a kind of a parody Rod Serling slash like I'm trying to there's like another person from that era that would have had this same kind of job that and I'm totally blanking on it but um they like his his portrayal of this Rod Serling esque character is mm-hmm. veers into parody just the right amount yeah yeah it's it's not a yeah.
0: broad caricature it's yeah. it's just it's you know, slightly satirical
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think all the performances are great. There's also some really great little sequences that that are be- more or less running gags. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and Jason Schwartzman have a they they're they're in they're staying in cabins that are next to each other, and so they'll talk to each other out of out of each other's windows, and the the conversations that they have are probably my favorite part of the movie.
0: This isn't the beginning of something, Augie, isn't it? Is it?
1: Probably not.
0: Unless maybe it is. I don't like the way that guy looked at us. Okay. The alien. Well, how did he? How did he look? Like at we're doomed. Guys? Maybe we are. Yeah. So the the I, it's it's basically a, a two hander. These, yeah, these scenes between them. Totally. But the the way they're they're separated by the set and and the blocking of it and and how those shots are are set up from a, a camera perspective makes it really interesting. And it's, it's very engaging, you know, just, just to look at and to watch and the, the performances really, really sell it. And there, mm-hmm. there's some, some, some chuckles and, and a few uh, raised eyebrow moments in there.
1: Was, yep. Good stuff. Really. Yeah. And it's, it's just very funny. I, I mean, most of his movies are comedies, I, I would say, or at least comedy first for the most part. Grand yeah, Budapest yeah. has its dr- dramatic moments, but I think it's like also kind of, it's quirkiness is also kind of silly, so it also makes things, even when they are very serious, they're also kind of funny at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. so, and and he doesn't really make out dramas. I mean, that's what it's. So, I mean, like he is a comedy filmmaker in a lot of ways, but I think I laughed more at this than I did The French Dispatch. And not that The French Dispatch isn't funny or anything. It's just, you know, that's his last movie. So that's what I'm going to compare it to.
0: Sure. But, uh, sure. but
1: yeah, but uh, I laughed quite a lot. I found a lot to laugh at in this movie.
0: Yeah, I I did too. Um, you know, similar to some of his other movies, there there are loads of them I still haven't seen and, and need to watch. But um, you know, Grand Budapest, like I, I said in that episode, you know, that was that was kind of where I came on. So there's a lot of drama in that, but he's very deliberately comedic about it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of that here too, where it's it's very, very dry and the the delivery of it is is such that the characters in whichever context they're in are taking things very seriously and they're, they're dealing with things or choosing not to deal with them as, as the case is in, in some instances, but it's, it's meant to be funny because, because of how they're doing it. And it, it works for me.
1: Yeah, no, it totally works for me too. Pretty much. There's not a single character I would delete from this. I love all of them. They all bring something to it. That's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a, has a moment that's funny. There is like, even, even the straight men have, have their funny moments. So, they, yeah. they
0: they do, and there are not very many of them. You know, like no. ba- basically everyone is is doing the the dry comedy bit, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting to see how that all actually works. Where where you know nobody is being the straight man to to being you know opposite the the funny character. Yeah. It's like everyone
1: is sort of both at the same time, which is a pretty Anderson thing, I guess. It, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Scarlett Johansson's character. So, I, I mean, to kind of go a little, to a little bit more stuff about the plot. So, uh, a bunch of people are in are are in Asteroid City for this this award ceremony and ellipsis viewing. The cast of characters are all like parents of these children who are going to ostensibly get this like five thousand dollars scholarship or something. And one of the kids is uh, Jason Schwartzman's son. Another kid is. Scarlett Johansson's son and Scarlett Johansson is playing this sort of Elizabeth Taylor-esque art, uh, actress, um, I uh, mean, ish, yeah. ish, like, um, not exactly the, it's hard for me to totally pin down if she's supposed to be anyone specific. She just could just be a fifties actress that is trying to do serious work, but doesn't get, to, but would be better suited to, to, comedy. And all this talk we were just having about, about how things are funny, I couldn't help but think about Scarlett Johansson in that sense. Cause I think mm-hmm. Scarlett is in movies where she has to be, you know, kind of serious a lot of times. And, and now she's like, but I'm like, a, she's like an established comedian and people are saying like, say this to her. Like she says that about herself. And then Tom Hanks says it later in the movie too. Yeah,
0: she's and, actually a very gifted comedian. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. She is. But we don't see very much of that from Scarlett Johansson in, mm-hmm. in the, the things that she's done either. We, we don't see her in a lot of you know broad slapsticky kind of comedies or, or screwball or, or what have you. It's mm-hmm.
1: yeah. although I think she's pretty funny and she is in uh, Lost in Translation, which is you know probably the thing that people think of as one of her like her big her, one of her best roles. But yeah, I yeah. mean, Like, I, but Bill Murray is you know still Bill Murray, so. right? Because <laughs> he, yeah. he can't not be. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's, you may get a little overshadowed there. And and it would have been interesting to see them reteamed if they were in this. If it he was would, in this, it would yeah. that, that would have been
0: would have been neat. Um, I mean, yeah, they were they were both in Isle of Dogs, but I mean, yeah, because the the nature of that one, yeah, I I heard like the the cast all recorded all of their lines in the span of like a week. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you know, all, all separately. Basically, nobody in in studio together for for yeah. that. But you know. which is too bad. Yeah. But that's how
1: that's how voice work is sometimes. Can can be and. Yeah, you know, it, it worked out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot that doesn't work in this movie. If, if anything, I would think that the Anderson-isms could be a little much for some people, but I guess that could be true of any of the movies. But the uh, the the big thing here is like I found myself when we were going kind of back and forth in the narrative and doing all the meta stuff like it gets it just borderlines on insufferability, but I still kind of dig it. So it works. It works for me. Your mileage is going to vary. I would not mention this is this is not going to this is not a good gateway Anderson movie is kind of how I felt. However, I do kind of think that if I was 12 years old, I would have loved this movie. So it's not going to be a good Gateway Anderson movie for like an adult, but it might be for kids. Yeah, I I, I largely agree. Well, I 10 plus year for, old yeah.
0: kids, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. For, for most people, this is probably not the best jumping on point, but there are going to be some exceptions. I, mm-hmm. I'm i right there with you. If I had seen this at, at like age 12, I, I would have been really into it. Yeah you know, it, 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 shares some sensibilities with like some of Monty Python's comedy, and, yep. you know, pr- particularly in the ending. It's like, I, I was very much reminded of, of, you know, Holy Grail at, at that point. Yep. 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 Hey, big, big stuff happened and nope, nope, we're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What was, so when it comes to the big themes of the movie, I don't know, what, what were you seeing, Tim? I mean, and of course we can't go too deep because, well, uh,
0: yeah. You know, yeah. But, uh... Um, So to, to me, I felt like the big theme was there isn't necessarily a big theme. It's like maybe there are answers, maybe there aren't. But just just take what comes as it comes. And and Tom Hanks at one point says, you know, take people as I find them, not as other people find them, and and mm-hmm. deal with that. And you know, I'm not going to love everybody, but or, or or like everybody, but you know, try to be be fair and, and reasonable. And and the movie is very much about that. It's like try not to take too much about this don't bring your own baggage it's just a movie just just watch it and Mm -hmm. and take away from it what you will um and yeah that that to me is is kind of the point here it's it's not like we said super deep philosophically there 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 are some things here and there that you can dig into if you want the movie doesn't really it sort of invites you to say yeah maybe there's some more
1: here but that's not what we're about with this project Mm-hmm. I think it's to, to be something that to kind of dig into like theme might be strong for me to put it but I can't help but think of 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 the pandemic with this like I uh, a lot of people's lives are totally changed because of this up uh, because of an incident that happens and they're stuck in one area for a while we don't dwell on the stuck in one area for a uh, for a while part and I think that might be because when he was writing the script he realized that he shouldn't do that um because that would that would be too yeah. much for an audience yeah. and but I think the more I think about it the more I see COVID's fingers on on how things worked the there's a bunch of people that are that are at these crossroads in their lives and this big thing happens that has to make them question some stuff and that. I have to be vague here, folks, because I'm, t- I'm trying not to spoil too much. Yeah, here. yeah. And, and the more I think about it, the more that resonates with me. And I think he's doing it with such a light touch that it doesn't seem to be like going over your head. Like uh, this is his COVID movie, like his answer to like of how to process the COVID stuff was him writing this movie, I I, I think. Um, and if we had a if we were going to go really deep into it, I would bring up better examples. But I also want people to just kind of check it out and think about that on their own. So
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm part way there with you. I mean, there's <clears throat> there's this is definitely informed by you know the the pandemic and, and the events of I mean the, just the way they the had to make years. the movie for one yeah. thing is
1: gonna like kind of you know the fact that it's all in one setting and well yeah. for the most part in one setting and then like you know, it kind of clicks in that sense, but because it's just how we make movies right yeah. now. But, yeah. yeah, so th- there's there
0: is that and there there is you know something here about you know how how people connect and relate to each other. You know, and, and how sometimes we choose to isolate ourselves and
1: how others are simply are isolated. So, And how that's... the best and worst parts of our personalities intensify when we're in crisis. Yeah yeah so that's that's definitely
0: here i i don't feel like you know that was sort of the the big idea with with the movie now but his that's, big idea is he wanted to make a
1: he wanted to make a he wanted to make like a fun little little yeah. light comedy about being stuck in the desert and then have his little his meta narrative as well i mean like like i said like theme is maybe not quite what it is but i do think we're seeing a lot of that process happening yeah it's 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 not, I, to, to me, it's not even quite a, like an undertone. Like it's, it's there
0: throughout, but it's, it's not like a, a constant and, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're very deliberately told to direct our attention away from that at different points. Uh, right.
1: Which yeah. makes you look at it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah like can, I, I'm a, so. I'm a big believer of the, of the inverses. Like, and when we were talking about them, yeah. I was like, you, well, you think of the inverse of it, obviously us us, like, you know, things. So Yeah. yeah undertone i think it would qualify as kind of like a a, as an undertone but it's a it's a it's it adds more to the fact that what looks like kind of like a light little comedy could have a more dense thing going on yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean
0: there's there there are things in it that you can can dig into and read into and it's like that's it's it's there it's meant to be there Mm -hmm. but that's that's not really the the point of any of of what's going on in the movie it's yeah, mm.
1: I don't know. I think he has a point. I don't know, like really, the point. I don't know if I'd go that far. I do think it's a thing he wants us to catch. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah. So like grade wise, like I think uh, uh, with with the fact that it's so full of his Wes Anderson isms, like which could be a bit much for some people. I really dig it, but I do admit sometimes it might get distracting. Um, I'm gonna go with a for with a flat B. I really enjoyed it. I was a little worried it was going to be a little too turquoise from the trailers, um, but that was just the way it was edited. It is uh, not as turquoise as it <laughs> as the trailers might make it seem to be.
0: Yeah, no, I really dug this. Um, I'm I'm more kind of B plus, maybe even A minus. Yeah. Honestly. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah yeah uh no cool. no no no, no this, no, this is cool. this is this is quickly shaping up to be what what may end up being my favorite movie of the year which is not the same as it, best it could, movie of the year
1: yeah it could be in the running for that for me as well it's i actually really am looking forward to watching it again yeah yeah same yeah i may even go back out in the theater next week just to check it out <laughs> so yeah so there, there's a lot there's a lot to like here. And if uh, yeah, if you just if there's a lot to like, there's a lot to delve into. But it's also if you just want a fun little kind of lighthearted comedy movie. Yeah, it can be that, too. This could have been Atomic Summer Part 2.5 because of all the atomic explosions that happen in this. But all two uh, of them, all two of them. But we uh, well, yeah, there's two that we see. I thought there was a third one we heard, but. I might be just miscounting. Uh, um, I, I think there was the the one at the beginning and the one at the one end at the that end, we didn't actually yeah. see. Okay, or, okay. Where we just did the, the rattle and we were, you know, remaining. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Very much yep. looking forward to seeing it again. So we will be, there's one or two other movies that are coming out this summer that we are hoping to cover as well. But we will be going back to Atomic Summer real soon with The Day the Earth Stood Still. So if you haven't seen that, get that going soon. Was, we will have that out soon may or may not be the next move the next episode but we're going to we'll see what shakes out. Yeah, that's uh i
0: either way that's coming up pretty soon yep. here uh and just just to remind everybody we are talking about the original and not the uh, more recent edition uh, yes. starring Keanu
1: Reeves. So some um, I would say no offense to Keanu but some offense to Keanu. Yeah, yeah, may, maybe a little. I mean, I can't blame it all on him. That, no, no. Yeah, but... cuz someone had to decide that, that movie needed to be remade. So yeah. I'll blame uh, it on that person. Yeah.
0: But we'll, we'll talk about that more later. They for created. now, that's our show on Asteroid City. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I'm in no hurry. I like the desert. I like aliens.